Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au. Okay, episode 63 of the Talk and Power podcast. I'm here with Todd Brinkworth and I am Nick DeChambry. Welcome back, Todd. How are you? Not too bad, Nick. How about yourself? Very good, thanks. Very good. Talk and Power podcast it comes through from iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podbean, and our website, www.talkinpower.com.au and 88.5 FM, where the valley comes alive. That's my best Simon impersonation of, of yeah, that's that. That's not bad. It's pretty good, uh, yeah, eh? it's not bad. For those of you that are listening, Simon can't be here for this podcast. He is busy another baby yeah that's right number two young peter was born the other day so congratulations to nicole and simon we wish him the very best he's going to be busy for a little while i would suggest yeah for the next 18 years but you know thanks todd <laughs> no <laughs> worries got eight to go myself then <laughs> with the first one and then you, you have an eyes, don't you no, no, actually my first one, he's he's 12 now, so only six to go with him and eight with my youngest one. So. Oh, you're laughing, Nick, halfway yeah, there. Yeah, I'm halfway there, as Bon Jovi said. <laughs> hey, um, lots of things happening over the over the past couple of weeks. Um, Formula One was one of them. So the last time we spoke Formula One, I was all worked up and carried on like a bit of a pork chop. Not much has changed two weeks on. Yeah, Here I know. Go. I'm going to get more worked up and carried on like a... The, we just had the French, the France, French, I was going to say French, the France, the France Grand Prix uh, from Port Ricard, um, basically on a mountaintop, did you know that? That, that yeah. track was a mountaintop and they chopped it off, leveled it and built a track there. Um, look, probably the most boring race <laughs> we've had all year. It seriously was so boring. It, the last lap came alive when Daniel was putting all those moves on Lung, young Lando Norris and um, yeah. Kimi Raikkonen when the world exploded, but that, that was about it. <laughs> Lewis Hamilton had basically his hand on the trophy from qualifying, I reckon. Practice. Yeah, that's a fair assumption. I think he had it from the car park the night before myself, <laughs> from the hotel room even. <laughs> Let's just take a step back. We, we, we talked about the Canada Grand Prix a couple of weeks ago. Ferrari on the Friday appealed that decision. So for an appeal, you have to bring new evidence. So the they, they brought seven pieces of evidence to the FIA on the Friday before, and only two were deemed as new evidence. I'm going to read. I'm going to read them out. You're in already, Todd. Oh no, no, no I'm not Nick. Jeez. <laughs> One of them was a video analysis from performed by Karen Shandok. For Sky Sports after the race, and a video of Vettel's face camera, which was released by F1 Limited after the race. So two two pieces of new evidence there. Now they were both deemed um, not significant and relevant. Um, so they actually went on to say, Karun's assessment was deemed not significant and relevant, as this is a personal opinion by third party. So how do you reckon uh, Karun uh, Shandok is feeling right now? Like a third party. I don't know, Karun is a former, he did race Formula 1 for a very short stint, Formula 3 champion I think, or GP2 champion, one of those, he, he, 
he's done quite well in the past, but obviously his video analysis of the incident wasn't deemed uh, credible enough. And also the video evidence was not deemed significant as this video footage can be seen within other available video. So um, I really think that Vettel's state of mind in qualifying for, the, um, for this Grand Prix in France really did affect him really did affect him and i think it 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 really showed his qualifying was was terrible he qualified the car in sixth so and and charles leclerc qualified in third so bit of an issue there in vettel's state of mind i'm starting to get a bit concerned that i think he's lost his mojo oh, i wouldn't say that just yet no no too early to to say he's german come on he'll He'll march on. No, look, I, I honestly believe that. I think he's he's lost a bit. He's lost his way a bit, and his qualifying performance is is not that great. Anyway, look, I mean, we don't want to dwell too much on the Canadian Grand Prix in this at this Grand Prix as well from France, but um, I certainly think it um, some interesting times ahead for Ferrari. The biggest problem that they've got now is that they're sort of starting to fall into racing with Red Bull, and I'd almost argue even. Um, the McLarens now. Yeah. That's the one thing I did take away from this race. So I know we said it was boring and we didn't enjoy it a lot. And you're yawning again for the second time. No, indicates that. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, okay. It reflects on the race. That... But the McLaren's performance was one of the big things I took away from this, especially in particular Lando Norris. I thought his drive was excellent. And yeah. look, we, as we know, uh, Daniel was being penalised for that move that he put on Lando. I'm going to sound really terrible at what I'm about to say, but I, I do agree with probably the first five-second penalty. The yeah. second one I'm not 100% sold on, but that first five-second penalty on Lando, uh, he's certainly gone off the track there. The problem with the Paul Ricard track is that the runoff area is still track and yeah. arguably has more has actually more grip. Those blue and red uh, stripes that you see... They're actually adhesion, so it's actually used to slow the car down. Um, so when you go off, you're not really hindered. And Checo, poor Sergio Perez, he went off at the start of the race and did the proper thing and went uh, through the gate that he's supposed to come back on the track on, but he actually gained a position by doing that, and he was penalised as well. No, no. This, yep. <laughs> but this rejoining of the track has become a bit of a topical issue for, for motorsports around the world at the moment. Yeah, it has. Anyway, I, look, as I said, Lando Norris, hats off to him. I thought he drove really well, and I'm starting to think that these McLarens are starting to get their... They're starting to get their act together. Um, yeah. We were all concerned at the start of the season by switching from Honda to, to Renault that they may have made a mistake. Um looking at the Toro Rossos that are still running Hondas, and even the Red Bull, don't know. I'm not sold yet on the Honda. I'm not sold. Yeah, it was a shaky start for them to come back in there as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I hope they do better. But but. Verstappen's performance has been pretty good. Yeah. But Pierre Gasly in the other Honda Red Bull, I'm not sold. I'm not sold. And Christian's probably regretting uh, Daniel's move. But anyway. Yeah. He was in control of that. <laughs> he was. Anyway, MotoGP from Catalonia. What a great race we had there. Up until, what lap was it? I don't know what lap it was, but anyway. 
the the when Jorge Lorenzo had the monumental brain fade, brake fade, whatever you want to call it, front wheel fade in his Honda and took out basically uh, Dovi, Rossi and Vinales in the one movement. So he's had a front wheel washout and taken out uh, three other bikes. I really love this commentary around about that. I mean, they were, they were saying to, they just hope that Dovi counts to 10,000. And, um, and they were also saying that um, Lorenzo should keep his helmet on uh, yeah. to the next race in Assen as well. It was <laughs> it was really quite quite funny. Uh, it wasn't funny, but I mean, the, the commentators did a really good job in making light of the moment. The problem was that Marquez just rode off into the sunset and we never saw him again. Yeah, you know, right. He really ran away with that race. And look, Alex Rins averted collision with Petrucci. That was kind of a bit of a highlight there. Um, the biggest thing that came out of this race is an emerging young star, Fabio Quattaroro. Very good, Nick. I think that's about the fourth or the fifth time you've pronounced it spot on on the show. <laughs> His performance... <laughs> Young Fabio has been incredible, and I, I think we're seeing an emerging young star here. Yeah, um, he's on a Yamaha still. It's not a factory Yamaha, but I can see this guy is going to be making some moves into the big league. No, anytime soon. Yeah, exactly. So big, big hats off to him. The guys are off to Assen. Um, I mean, Marquez has a thirty-seven point lead now as they head off to Assen for the TT over there. So I kind of. It's kind of getting away from him, I'd say. Yeah, that sounds about right. And yeah, I mean, it was a good, good race. I saw a part of it, and it was it was mm, pretty good. Yeah, but it's um, yeah, it was a far cry from the one before where. Yeah, certainly we're not we're not we haven't got to the highlights. We haven't. That was certainly probably the best race of the year, yeah. followed by the worst race of the year. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> where we had Marquez run away with it, just like the Formula One, we've got Hamilton running the way with it. We got Hamilton's literally running the way with it. I mean, he didn't even work up a sweat yesterday. Oh yeah, no, I know. <laughs> so, anyway, all right. Well, look, we'll take a break here, and we'll be back right after this. Okay, welcome back to the Talk and Power podcast, episode 63, with Todd Brinkworth and Nick DeCembry. Todd, you had a busy weekend? That's right, Nick, yes. I uh, travelled to the uh, lovely southwest again, following <laughs> the Tiger Series around. Oh, yeah, yep. This time only down to uh, Bunbury, uh, yep. Tiger Southwest. I mean, it's Tiger Southwest, God. That's already been. Yeah, I know, been, been there and done that. Uh, Targa Bunbury Sprint. Well, sorry, mm-hmm. the GT Fabrication Targa Bunbury Sprint. Okay, sorry. Done. Yeah, go on. Sorry to interrupt you. So, for for the for the listeners at home, those on 88.5 FM, where the valley comes alive, and on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean. Can you tell us the sprint, the format of the sprint? It's, from my understanding, it's held in an industrial area yeah, the, am i correct in saying the that? halifax industrial area well the halifax road industrial area in davenport just outside of bunbury mm-hmm. for people that know bunbury right near the airport okay yep so over the back end of bunbury so to speak heading heading out of town almost heading further southwest how, so, how many stages there it's just the one stage. It's run um, anti-clockwise in the morning or clockwise in the afternoon, I believe. 
And, um, yeah, it's run around just the industrial area. It's shut down for the day. It's mm-hmm. a great little area because you can sort of isolate it from everybody. There's great spectator points. And, yeah, it's great to watch. So it's it's just the, the single – it's a single stage. Yeah, that's and right. it's two days? Just the one. Just the one on the Sunday. Yeah, right. so on the Saturday night, um, a lot of the guys head down and they have a bit of a show and shine in the streets of Bunbury. Mm-hmm. Um, I did get some reports from down there. It was very cold and very wet in Bunbury on Saturday night. I can assure you was, it was we had <laughs> we had an awful amount of rain through the metro area, yeah. so I can only imagine what it was like down there. But um, apparently, if, you know, there was a, quite a few people that came out to see all the all the race cars, and there was a good turnout. Mm-hmm. So, um, luckily, Sunday morning saw well some wet weather early, but racing didn't start till about nine o'clock, and there was a, a fine break. Yeah, um, Sunday wasn't too bad, the weather. It was hit and miss. Yeah. I Yeah, they got their practice runs in. They do a practice run first, and they got those in. And then uh, they do... There was 115 entrants, by the way, mm-hmm. with, I believe, 20 to 40 in reserve. Wow. Which is huge. Like, that's that's people that want to do motorsport. Yeah, like, yeah, that is, that's a huge number. On a side note, for anyone else listening to this, that's people that want to do motorsport but let, let, let I just don't think you said that you didn't say it slow enough can you say it again people that want to do motorsport it is it is a <laughs> I mean, we're making a bit of fun of that that there but you're correct it is a that's a huge number i didn't realize it was that high yeah which and for a one-day event it's it's massive mm-hmm. i mean i know that target guys have essentially would love to run a few more events where they can um but i mean that's just you know, even the rally sprints they have up in Perth, they they draw massive entry lists. Like, but Todd, is that the appeal? One day, I believe it is. Yeah. So you run, you run what you run, and you know, <laughs> I'm an outsider to Targa, as you, as you know, but um, I can see the appeal to a one day meet, and we're seeing that in drag racing uh, over the years as well. Drag racing's migrated to it's probably had two day meets for a long time, but it's certainly there's an we're getting bigger crowds back at the one day events again and it doesn't surprise me i'm not talking about attendance here f- yeah. f- in your situation but it doesn't surprise me that you get a a fully subscribed field plus some at a one day event because the commitment to um the time is is not as high yeah that's right so but, I mean, it's great to see. Um, Spectator-wise, um, early in the morning when I first got there, there was mm-hmm. not that many people floating around. I think the weather was holding a few people at bay. Um, yep. We did get caught in a pretty big rainstorm about oh, 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, that affected a few of the early runs for a few a few people. Yep. But then it managed to, uh, as fast as it arrived, leave but left the roads very wet, mm-hmm. um, bit slippery. Yep. But sunny and yep. warm, and uh, people just came out of nowhere. Like, I literally was standing on some grass, and then there was five people and ten people. You made friends. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, it was really, it was really good. So. so tell us, Todd, the man that sat right in that seat where you're sitting tonight, we got to, we changed... Changed everyone around tonight, but the man that sat yeah. in that seat two weeks ago, literally two weeks ago, he won the event. That's correct. Yeah, Mark and Steph, uh, yep. first place. Mm-hmm. They uh, swapped times well throughout the morning. I think, um, unfortunately, Mark Mark was a uh, well, 
beneficiary of the sunshine, but yeah. also he had a very wet road, which I think arguably that's sort of the worst case scenario. You've got a wet road, but the sun, so you don't quite have the traction there just yet. And yeah. you don't know how far you can drive to conditions. Mm-hmm. But Mark was on a blinder from the word go. Yeah. Like, yeah. he pulled out of the pits and lined up and I watched him from the start line and was gone. Yeah. Like, was out of there. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure you could hear the car from three suburbs away. It was just on maximum attack. Mm-hmm. But nice and smooth. Yeah. Like, uh, full compliments to Mark because I know he'll listen to this. Yep. Nice and smooth and just brilliant to watch. Um, the kids did love your karma. There was lots of kids around, around me laughing and clapping because they thought it looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, it does look amazing. Yeah. I'm not an Evo person, as you know, but it, it, don't, it looked, looked, looked apart. Yeah. It so, looks apart. Um, he ended up swapping places um, most of the morning with uh, Paul Brockbank and uh, Josh Gardner mm-hmm. in the Empire Performance Evo 6. Yep. Another Evo? Yeah, another Evo. So um, that's actually good of Paul to be high up in the running order mm-hmm. um, in, in essentially an older car. Yeah, that's an Evo 6. six. So, yeah. You said that. Sorry. So that's all right. So um, that was really good to see Paul up there. Yep. I mean, Paul's been chipping away with that, with that car for a good couple of years now. Mm-hmm. But um, again, really interesting to watch. Very clean, you know, yep. looked the part. Yep. In amongst them, which was uh, Will White and... Matt Thompson mm-hmm. in an yep. Evo 9. Yep. They were the ones trading places with um, Mark and Steph down at Tiger Southwest. Yeah, okay. Yep. So it looks like from the, the results, I mean, uh, Will had a pretty good morning, but it had a bit of a rough afternoon. Yep. It was enough to keep him in third place. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, overall, Mark and Steph in first, Paul second, and uh, Will White in third. Yeah. So, so Evo... Evo... Nine first, Evo six yeah. second, and Evo nine, nine third. Yeah, and uh, some interesting facts and figures here. Yeah, is, give uh, us some interesting facts and figures. The uh, top ten mm-hmm. was separated by only a minute. Yeah, okay. Which, essentially, the fastest lap was a 2.30-something. I have it right in front of me. Yep. But still, to have a spread of the field a minute apart is phenomenal. But five out of the top ten cars were Evo. Yeah, okay. Yep. <laughs> or Evos, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was um, very interesting to watch. Very good day and, yeah. So, question without notice. Does the track lend itself to an Evo-style car? Oh, I haven't driven it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was... It's t- it's tight and fast. Like, yep. it's right-angle corners mm-hmm. um, and big curbs. So, I mean, yep. again, you need to have a dedication... I was going to say something else then, but we need to have dedication. Yeah, I know <laughs> to, what you're going to say. Yeah, to go fast. And uh, I think, yeah, putting the power down, especially in the wet conditions, mm. um, shows. Yep. There were actually a couple of um, like SS Commodores, um, well, uh, an R8 club sport that plays in the top 10. Wow. Yep. Um, again, I noticed watching them um, fast and when it got loose, it didn't stay loose, if that makes sense. It was... Mm. So the trick is also a bit of power, but trying to keep it all on the black stuff, so yeah. to speak. 
So, what I liked about this event as well, there was a mix of cars as well, obviously, through through the Tigers, different yeah. categories. There was a really wide mix of cars. I know we're talking about the top end of town here and the cars that, yeah. that won the event, but if you looked right down through the list, I think I saw a, a real wide mix of cars in there. Old cars, new cars, that's what we really love about Targa. No, that's right. This one um, allowed itself to Targa spec cars, which, of course, um, Mark complies to. Um, that is a certain spec you know, capacity, et cetera, et cetera. But it also allowed an open class, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I think my personal favourite of the day was a Datsun 1600 that was running around. Yep. And wasn't the fastest thing there, but looked a million dollars. A lot of people that listen to the show, my friends, know that I have a soft spot for 1600s. Yep. Another interesting one was uh, uh, another person I know, uh, Russell, was running a Starlet, but one of the older model rear-wheel drive Starlets, the okay. 1980s. Yep. And uh, there's actually two of them down there, and they are fascinating to watch in the wet because mm-hmm. they are tiny, they weigh nothing, and, yeah, people were asking me, what is that? Like, they had no idea, and trying to explain to them what a Toyota Starlet is. Mm. But that's not front-wheel drive. No, it's from the 80s. It's from Japan. It's from... Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so, yeah, that draws some crowds. And, uh, yes, it's a very, very big variety down there of cars. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's a big, big, big job for Bunbury as well. It puts Bunbury on the map. I, I know Bunbury's a very big town now in Western Australia. I would suggest it's the second biggest town to Perth. Yeah. And um, and it hats off to the people down in Bunbury and also the Targa West um, fraternity for yeah. putting that event on. How just Just quickly before we wrap up. What's the rough distance of that, that stage? That was a question without notice. Yeah, I don't know. Tell you off the top of my head. All right, anyway, it doesn't matter. It's all right. All good. We'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll find out anyway. But no, that's, um, look, it's great to see, and it was great to see our previous guest on the podcast, Mark and Steph. Yeah. Well, Mark's come on, uh, that he took that event out. So hopefully, I won't say it. No, don't jinx him. Um, another, <laughs> sorry, I won't say another it. fun fact, which people know I love. <laughs> Is um, unfortunately the results haven't been quite posted and updated yet. But in the overall Targa um, point series, which is the combination of all the sprints and all the events, mm. Mark is leading quite substantially now. Yeah, I mean a first at Targa Southwest and a first at Targa Bunbury. Yeah, so yeah, so the points have not been updated as I checked tonight. Yeah, but we all advise and probably say a few things about that in the next coming months so no no worries no yeah congratulations to mark and everyone that participated mark and steph and and those other guys that came second and third and well everyone that participated all right we'll take a break there and we'll be back okay Episode 63 of the Talking Power Podcast. You're with Nick DeChembury and Todd Brinkworth on 88.5 FM, where the valley comes alive. And podcasting through Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes. Spotify, as I found out the other day. Yeah, Spotify. We're on, I haven't mentioned that, have I? Yeah, we are on no, Spotify. Yeah. I've been on there for a long time, actually. Funnily enough, recommended the podcast to me on Spotify. There you go. Spotify. I went, one of these people. Mm. Hang on a minute. Hang on. That yeah. looks like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just I think better looking, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hidden Valley. That was run and one. Um, supercars from the Hidden Valley, I should probably say. People say, what's, what happened at Hidden Valley? 
supercars. Drags will be going up there. Aeroflow, Nitro, Funny Cars, Outlaw Funny Cars will be up there shortly. Can't wait. And also Michelana. And Michelana will be up there as well. Yeah. Anyway, next to the drag strip (laughs) is runs parallel to the drag strip. We had supercars were there. Um, Scotty McLaughlin, what a what a show, what a what a show he put on, really. He now he he has become, which I didn't even, I did not, be, I found it very hard to believe that no one's taken the triple crown to date. Oh wow, no one has won the triple crown. Okay, no yes. one's ever done it. So he has become the first person to win the triple crown. What is a triple crown, you may ask? Yes, I think I know so, what you're on about. Yeah, he's yeah. qualified first and won both races basically. Okay, there you go. Yep. He has done it. So he's become the first person to do that at the Hidden Valley. Look, I'll be honest with you, there wasn't wasn't much wasn't much of a of a race. It was quite not the, I don't want to say it was boring, but it was not much entertainment there for, for the punter. Um Triple Eight, the woes for Triple Eight continue. They're still having dramas with their line lockers. Um, don't think it's that difficult, boys, at the end of the day, to to get your wheels to stay stopped. When you're on the jacks, mind you, in saying that, uh, DJ Penske got a fine for it a couple of meets ago as well. Yeah, that's right. So we shouldn't be throwing stones, I guess, really. But yeah, so Triple Eight got a, it was a $3,000 fine, 30 championship points docked. I think it was uh, Shane Van Gisbergen's car that the wheels spun. Uh, so they're still having line locker issues when the cars are up on the jacks. Um, also, some sad news on this on the Friday or the Saturday morning. Um, Richard Harris, which is the engineer for Scotty's car, he had to go home back to the UK. His, his father had sadly passed, so they were without their engineer for the weekend, and um, he still got the job done in honour of Richard's father. So that was really great to see. Um, did you end up watching the race at all? Um, the highlights, which I'm not picking on the supercars, but yeah, it wasn't. Well, look, I'll be honest with you. I don't think there was much. I don't think the track lends itself to to racing it's 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 probably not the most challenging track no it's not and um as i said i'm going to take the uh well, absence of simon and go yeah the highlights package was about three minutes worth in my opinion yeah <laughs> look i i don't i don't completely agree with you i mean i watched both races all of them the thing i like about the event is that it really it's the time of the year if, if you're living in the southern part of the country so perth melbourne sydney probably not so much Brisbane, but Tasmania or Adelaide, those southern parts of the country, to head up to Darwin this time of the year is absolutely magnificent. Yeah. And there's a real vibe up there. You know, the, the Darwin, they get it, they get an AFL game roughly this time of the year. The As I mentioned before, the drags will be on. There'll be the Aeroflow uh, Nitro Funny Cars will be up there as well. And I believe there's another AFL game coming up shortly as well. And also... There's just lots of things happening up in in that that northern part of the yeah. country, and not getting up there this time of the year is magic. Get away from this, you know, terrible weather. Moving on, <laughs> we need to move on because that was enough time on that. Oh, I'm about to say, how's the racing? But you know, <laughs> no, no. Well, that was the racing. Oh, okay, well, there that, you that's go. How, that's how good it was. Uh, <laughs> and selling Darwin for us. So. Yeah, yeah, no, we we've um, put, we put Darwin on the map. Oh, what? See so you in the NT or? <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> The 24 Hours of Le Mans was run and done as well since our last podcast. Yeah. This is really one of my favourite events, and I, I just wish we'd get probably some better coverage of it on mainstream TV here in Australia. 
yeah, I was watching it on three different feeds at one point because it was hit and miss and cutting out and then costing you money and, again, I want to watch it, but go on. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, they did wrap it all up in a, I think it's a one-hour, one-and-a-half-hour highlights package, which probably doesn't do the race any justice, but I really enjoy the 24 Hours of Le Mans, and, and it's, this year it was actually, they had two 24 Hours of Le Mans, did you know that, in the, in the one season? Yeah, I must admit, I was looking at it going, hang on, this is the wrong... Hang, well, yeah, so anyway, no, So there on. was one at the start of the season and yeah. one at the end of the season. I think this will be the only year where that happens. I think it was to, to move the date slightly, but we won't be seeing that. I don't think we'll be seeing that again. But the interesting thing is, speaking of dates in the World Endurance Championship, which is, this is a part of the World Endurance Championship. We'll talk about that a bit later on, some clash of dates that is that we've seen coming up. But... You know, magnificent event. Look, I mean, I don't know where the highlights start or end, to be honest with you, but one of my biggest highlights for me personally was the ARC team of the Bratislava 49 car. That was amazing. That team, they're from Slovenia, and that car got beat up, something bad. And sadly, they did retire the car eventually, but I really think they put themselves on the map, these guys, because that car was in and out of the pits and in and out of drama crashes and they managed to get the car repaired most times i think it was probably uh, halfway through the race where they were just weren't able to get the car fixed it was in the middle of the night and but really put themselves on the map pastor maldonado remember that name yeah i do <laughs> i couldn't believe it was hour 16 he was still racing yeah, I, yeah. Finally, all come on stuck with about just one uh, sixteen hours and five minutes. Yeah, uh, hit the wall pretty hard, which was I shouldn't bag the guy, but he had a he had a record in Formula One of just trashing cars. And, oh yeah, um, he lived up to that reputation. Million dollar man, and not not for the right reasons. <laughs> but yeah, he crashed heavily his Dragon Speed car. I also like now. Forgive me if I pronounce this name incorrectly. Shigeki. Tomoyama, he's the president of Gazoo Racing. Now, did you see him and his team of people? Yeah, I saw a bit of them. They were they would do an aerobics workout prior to the car pinning, so it would you know get their blood flowing and limber up, so to speak. And it was <laughs> it was quite well orchestrated. And these guys had actual coordination. Like I mean, they did a full on aerobics um, routine. Now, these guys would be screwed in Formula 1, but wouldn't they? Maybe. I mean, you, if you, you start limbering up and doing a bit of a routine. I mean, the whole... In Formula 1, we don't want... They don't want the other guys to know when you're pitting your car. No. These guys are doing it five minutes beforehand. <laughs> it was quite... Oh, I was amused by it. If you if you haven't seen it, get in, go on Google and go on YouTube and just type in uh, Gazoo President... Uh, Aerobics, and you'll you're bound to see it, no doubt. Be handy, you know, if they uh, fail at pit crewing, they can always do a Rocker Stedford, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, the commentary was great as well. I don't know if you heard some of the references made. I, I thought, you know, yeah. the, the 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 reference made to the Cars character, the Cars movie that is, Dog Hudson. I thought that was great. I thought that was great. I thought probably Paul Newman would have been a better fit given Paul Newman's record at Le Mans and, and what he did at Le Mans. But anyway, I thought yeah. the tie in there was magnificent to Dog Hudson. 
Um, but anyway, we should probably talk about the race, shouldn't we? That's what we're here to talk about. But oh, if you want a minute, I had some more. Yeah, you know, go for it. Go for it. I was about to say, not that I'm promoting upcoming movies, but have you seen there's a Ford GT movie coming out? Yes. Ford, yeah. Ford with, versus Ferrari. Yeah, that's the yeah, one. Yeah. Um, which looks in line with, well, Rush, if you ask me, which um, I can't wait. If you like that sort of thing, it's a story of... Um, Carol Shelby. Yeah, and not only Carol, the driver, I can't remember his name, uh, yeah, the man that passed away in testing. Ken Miles was the name we were trying to recall there. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I'm going to spoil the fun here, viewers, but just off air, I was nearly at Nick saying he's an American driver. No, apparently he's actually a British driver. He's British. But yeah... Um, Sadly killed in testing not long after this movie. I don't know if they depict that in the movie, to be honest with you. I'm not sure. But but if you're into that sort of thing, so this is the history or the rivalry between Ford and Ferrari and, and how that all came about. But if you're interested in that sort of thing, there's also a documentary called The 24-Hour Wall. Yes. Um, that's I haven't seen it myself. But I have. That, it's that, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so technical, but brilliant. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, I mean that's um, that's all happening. So that's in. I mean, this, this race was born about a lot of those rivalries, didn't it? Because the twenty-four hours of the month has been happening for, since the forties, basically. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So look, I mean, at the end of the day, Princess Charlene of Monaco. Um, that's a wife of Prince Albert II. Did you know? Yes. I Very did. attractive young lady. Yes. Not that that matters, but she started the race. She got him. She got him going, waving the French flag. Um, and the two Toyotas, um, two factory Toyotas, the hybrids, they duked it out from the start of the race, those guys, the number seven and the number eight car. In the end, uh, the number seven car had a, I think, I'm not quite sure if it was a, if it actually was a puncher or they thought they had a puncher or the sensor was telling them the tire was going down. Didn't really make much sense to me, but they had to bring that number seven car in near what about with one hour to go and that was an unscheduled stop that one yeah they came in and the number eight got the lead and and they never looked back um just to finish off the number eight car had fernando alonso sebastian Buomi, and kazuka nakajima driving so they took out the 24 hours of the mines for 2019 the number two car was driven by um mike conway uh, Kubiashi and Jose Maria Lopez. So they took the, the second spot. Um, that victory for Alonso and Nakajima also guaranteed, and Buomi, sorry, also guaranteed them the FIA World Endurance Championship honours. So, and that's uh, Sebastian Buomi's second championship since 2014. It's also good to see. I don't know if you saw some of the iconic liveries on some of the cars, like the the Golf Oil one. I love that. One that, of my favourite things yeah. is when they bring out the old liveries and or liveries, however you pronounce it, and just yeah. But I thought that was absolutely awesome. That that was a Porsche 911 RSR. It looked looked absolutely magnificent. I really um, got a kick out of that. Um, for those of you that are that not quite sure, there's basically four classes in uh, in the. Yeah. The 24 hours of the month. So we've got LMP1, that's for manufacturers. LMP2 is very similar cars. So we're talking the prototype cars here, by the way. So the cars that look, they're single, they're single seater, but they do have a roof on them and doors on them. Uh, LMP2, that's a class for independent teams. 
and manufacturers or engine suppliers, so they're not factory teams. And then LMGTE, that's a pro class. So that's a that's basically based on um, GT cars. Correct me if I'm wrong, Todd. No, that's right. Sorry, I'm looking yeah. up in the background. That's Sorry, hence, right. the, hence, the, microphone. The, hence the pause. Yeah. <laughs> and also um, GTE AM, that's for amateurs. So similar cars, GT cars, and in the an amateur class as well. So, yeah. Um, and to define those cars, we have sports car with two doors or two plus two seats, open and closed, which can be used perfectly legal on open perfectly legal on open road and available for sales through the dealer network of a manufacturer recognised by the insurance committee. There you go. There you go. All right, on that note, we'll take a break and we'll be back. I'm puffed. Yeah, you, that was a mouthful, that. You got, got me excited, all the technical speak. Nick, so yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> we'll take a break right there. We'll be back right after this. Alright, episode 63 of the Talking Power podcast. I'm Nick DeChimbrey and I'm here with Todd Brinkworth. We are on 88.5 FM where the value comes alive. And podcasting through Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. I've been saying that every segment this episode. Yeah, you have. We need you know. to get it out there. We need no, to get we it don't. out there. And the listeners as well. Now, if you're in the Swan Valley as well, I should add this here. If you're in the Swan Valley and you're in a bit of a zone where you can't get 88.5, you can stream it through their website. So go to their yeah, website right. and you can stream it for the dead areas of 88.5 FM in the Swan Valley and the Shire of Swan. City of Swan, sorry. Not a Shire. The, the, yeah, that's How right. How dare I say that? Hey, Todd, you and I have been talking off air for some time now about doing a movie review. So tonight's the today's the first time we're going to do that. Yeah. We've picked a great movie. I think everyone, I mean, anyone that's listening to the podcast has probably watched this movie. Um, Fast Lane Fever. <laughs> God, Nick, I'm looking at your puzzled look, but also known as Running on Empty. Running on Empty. Fast Lane Fever was how it was released in the United States of America. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, I think there was a movie later on with River Phoenix that was called Running on Empty in the US. Yeah, but that's that right. was after this, so I don't know why they didn't go with Running on Empty in the US. Maybe, maybe. it was pre-production, the other one. Could have been, yeah. It might have been 86 that that Running on Empty came out. But anyway, that doesn't matter. It's um, Fast Lane Fever for those of you, our US listeners. Yeah. Great movie about, basically, it, it typifies the Australian, I guess, the illegal street racing scene back in the 80s. And I mean, yeah. I don't know, even though I was born in the 70s, I don't really, wasn't really participating in street racing. <laughs> I've never participated in street racing, but I certainly not in the 80s either. So I don't know how much of it is actually accurate, but I'm sure some of it that was depicted in the movie was reasonably accurate tells of the story of young mike who's got an xy gt actually works in a foundry do you remember they actually worked in a foundry in the movie i think there was one scene at the start where yeah. he was you know casting casting yeah. of steel yeah it's amazing a lost art i, I don't know there'd probably be one or two places that actually actually cast steel in australia I had a cold days. chisel in my head for some reason you know shipping steel but hey anyway moving on so <laughs> anyway it tells a story of um basically mike and uh tony 
two mates yeah. who travel around in this XY GT. So Mike, I guess, falls in love, you would say, with Julie. Deborah Conway. Yeah, that's right. So we should, sorry, just stop right there. <laughs> Terry, Mike is played by Terry Serio. Yeah. Uh, it was a pretty big actor back in the 80s. He did uh, a couple of stints on, I think, on Neighbours as well and a couple of other short movies. Looked a lot like Jason Donovan, I reckon. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Don't let me alone here, Todd. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> and Deborah Conway was pretty big, big actor to get back in the day as well. She was probably better known for her singing back then. But anyway, she's she plays the part of Julie. And so basically, Mike vies for the attention of Julie, you would say. Yeah. But Julie is used as a, I guess you would say, a pawn um, by the bad guy, who was played by uh, Richard Moore, I think you say his name, yeah. otherwise known as Fox. That's right. Now, that car is actually in Western Australia. Oh, you beat me to it. Yes, yeah. that car is, and a good friend of mine, a listener to the podcast, Johnny, from benzene detailing he often works on that car so that car is here in western australia the fox the bad guys car i've seen it at a couple of shows and uh the gentleman that owns it rocks up in uh the hat and the leather jacket yeah yeah and um i think i'm always one of the ones in the crowd that will go running over towards it like a little child and be like oh my god that's a fox You'd argue that that car was probably more famous than the than Terry Seri or Mike's XYGT. Yeah. You would. Um, anyway, look, Mike is vying for the hand in friendship. No, me too. No, he's just trying to score with Julie, basically. Uh. And to do that, he needs to. Um, he, she basically shows him a bit of attention, but really, she's sent there by. Fox yeah. to get details on his GT. That's right. So basically ETs or elapsed times down yeah. the quarter. So she goes out with him testing on numerous occasions. Uh, they actually go to the country where they race a couple of <laughs> hicks, I think they refer to them, and they meet the Gazard brothers. Yeah, that's right. And, and that's where the car gets destroyed for the first time because the Gazard brothers get beaten twice and they don't like it. Yeah. So they smash the car up, they torch it, pour of petrol and the car gets incinerated while they're in the country they meet uh, a guy called rebel or reb yeah and uh, he's played by max cullen and uh, also his wife as well where they they take them in their car's wrecked now so they take them in and they rebuild the xy the gt that's right in the while this is happening you can see that julie's actually falling in love with mike there's a bit of a love story here yeah yeah of course it is (laughs) Anyway, they, they they fall in love, and she feels bad that she now has to go back to Fox and, and give him this information. Anyway, they rebuild the car from ground up. I think they find another shell, rebuild it. This time, they plumb it with nitrous as well, uh, upon Rebel's yeah. recommendation yeah. and tuning. And they go back to the, the back to the city to take on Fox, and this time he crashes quite heavily into a truck. Yeah. Um, Mike... And the car this time is well and truly destroyed. There's no, there's no yeah. saving the car. Prior to that, he had agreed to three races, so he still needs to front for the third race, even That's though right. he doesn't have a car. Yeah. So he needs to go back to the country where he has seen Rebels. 57 Chev, a two-door, fully-blown 57 <laughs> Chev. You've got to say it with the Italian accent, yeah. even though. I think Tony was played by a Greek fellow. Yeah. Um, his name was 
Vangelis Oricus, actually, but he plays yeah. an Italian mechanic. So they actually asked Rebel to use his 57 Chev to go back and take on the Fox, That's right. which he begrudgingly does so. Yeah. So they go back to the city again. They run out of petrol on the way, I think, from memory. Yeah, I'm trying to recall now. I, only I think it. they do. They it was, it was back ago, in the day. The back in the day of petrol strikes. So they they go back to the city. Anyway, we don't want really to give it a blow by blow detail. No. Anyway, they race for a final time. I'm not going to give away for those that haven't seen the movie. You can get it on DVD at a. I was going to say blockbuster. They don't exist anymore. How <laughs> would you go about getting running on empty now? You'd have to get it through. Oh, you know what? That's a good question. I believe it was on. It's not oh. bootleg. No, uh, it was available on one of the like Netflix streaming services, but not Netflix. There was one it was okay. on for a while. I've got it on DVD myself, but... Yeah, likewise. Yeah, I've got it on VHS as well. Oh, wow. No, I've only got it on DVD. Mm. So, uh... But, yeah, look, I mean, great movie. I'm not going to disclose too much about it, but, I mean, it, it typifies... It really did typify the Australian car culture, yeah. even though it probably wasn't accurate uh, completely, no. but it really did sort of set the scene i guess in the 80s of of what was happening on the yeah. streets and in the suburbs i guess yeah i mean you did miss a key point too nick it was actually apparently a xy gt phase three yeah i did yeah i didn't say that that yeah, phase uh, three i won't ruin the movie but early early in the movie it's still snapped in second all the time so <laughs> you know and uh when they went out to the country of course it was uh it was a red one but according to the owner of the chef it was green yeah that's right green green is nice <laughs> and uh yeah for any listeners to the podcast we remember the uh older intro where that was yeah the, the older intro we the had overlay. that yeah, there was on the Which, overlay i don't know if i was maybe one of the few people that absolutely wet myself laughing the yeah. first time i heard that so Look, it's one of my favorite movies to be honest <laughs> with you I, I still enjoy it and i still you know even my wife and and her brother they they weren't really into cars, but even they had a. I think they had a copy of it as well. It's, yeah. It was more. It was more of a cult movie than than anything else. And even if you weren't into cars, you're probably into the culture. Yeah. As well, and I think Deborah Conway probably had a lot to do with that. To be honest, probably had a lot to do with. It. This yeah. film was actually um, financed by the. Uh, film Corporation of Western Australia, which, yeah. which was I found quite surprising. It wasn't filmed in Western Australia; most of it was filmed in, um, I think it was Cobar in New South Wales. Yeah, that's right. Which yeah. they actually have a reunion festival every couple of years. Yeah, and I believe the uh, guys from Street Machine last year built a car in a matter of weeks and drove to Cobar. Mm. Yep. So yep. that's was, correct. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so look, I I thoroughly enjoy the movie. I guess at the end of the day, it's probably not, you know, not everyone's cup of tea. And and certainly, you look, I mean, I don't want to, you know, if you have children, I don't. It's probably not appropriate for anyone under the age of sixteen. No, probably not. There are some scenes that are probably not appropriate. They're not violent, but I just I won't disclose what sort of scenes are. But there's probably for children under sixteen not appropriate. But um, the language is probably not all that great as well. And as I said, it's not the most politically correct movie. But nothing was back in 1982. Yeah, I won't I won't repeat some of the references in the movie. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Look, I mean, yeah, there's 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 just some scenes that just are not appropriate. But um, yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, um, you. you that's our advice on that situation yeah that's right i mean it's a good point also here nick is um if you're not listening to us doing the podcast or not listening to our old episodes and you have a rainy day inside you can't work on the car you can't go racing or you're not out with your family 
good time trying to find a copy and watch it. Mm, certainly. Um, uh, and also, uh, in the near future, I dare say that Nick and myself will be reviewing a few other car movies. I've got a list a mile long of stuff that I can recommend, and some of it isn't worth a 10-minute talk. It's probably worth five minutes, but... <laughs> some people would argue that this wasn't worth the 13-minute no, talk no, that I'm we've given sorry. it. <laughs> Running on empty, probably, you know... <laughs> I love it. I think it's it's a great movie, but uh, yeah, yeah, probably there'll be a lot of listeners saying, "What on earth are those two morons on about?" <laughs> but anyway, all right. Well, look, we'll take a break right there, and we'll be back right after this. Okay, episode sixty-three of the Talk and Power podcast. We are on 88.5 FM, where the valley comes alive, and podcasting through iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, and wherever you get your podcasts from. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's with a bit of sadness that we report the next story. Uh, Gazanats and the Motor in Southwest group have split up, Todd, which was um, came as a little bit of a shock to me, yeah. to be honest with you. I, I didn't see this one coming, and I don't. I would suggest that Gary and Debbie Myers didn't see it coming either. Yeah, that's right. So they are the pr- promoters, I guess you call them, the owners of Gaz and Nats, and they come to the Collie Motorplex every yeah. year and put on an absolutely fantastic show. I've never actually been myself, but from all reports, good friend of I've the podcast. I've been Nick, to one or two. And, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, not, not a bad show, actually. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, anyway, look, I mean, sadly, um, look, Motor in Southwest, in fairness to them, haven't decline full use of the track they've only allowed them to use the burnout pad and they have knocked back the gazanats chosen um insurance provider which is the double that uh, they're no longer going to honor that insurance there it's really hard to know what's happening here um a lot of the suggestion has been um that the track was had debris left on it if you read all the commentary from Peter and Deb, the yeah. track was certainly cleaned up after every time that they used it. But I can't help but think that this may tie into the WA Motorsport uh, strategy that we spoke about on the last podcast where the, the state government is now looking at um, streamlining basically the use of uh, proven... Not, not, not that they're not proven, but... Yeah. Accredited insurance um, providers for motorsport and motoring events. Sanctioning bodies was the word. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, insurance sanctioning yeah. bodies. Yeah. So I'm not saying that is the case. We should probably reach out to Gary and and Deb Myers as well, yeah. along with someone, a spokesperson from the Motoring Southwest Group, because it's probably a bit unfair that we're talking about them. But this is what's been reported in the wide uh, wider yeah. wider media community. So we're just reporting on what what we've seen here. And at the end of the day, it's really sad to hear that uh, this event won't be going ahead in Collie, because I think it's a big it's a big event for. Collie as well i know we've we've been talking about the collie motorplex in podcasts gone by um and it's important the work that those guys do down there i've been there myself for the 24 hours of lemons it's a great event and yeah probably not so much that event uh, but it does offer the community the wider spread community of collie a bit of um tourism i guess you know yeah i mean i've been heading on and off to collie for many years would be the trick to say and watch the track go from a very small track, and it's only grown in small amounts. But back when I went down there with some of my mates, it was um, there was no tunnel 
you had to basically stop racing and cross the track with your trailers and, that, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But can we just quickly talk about the tunnel? I mean, that tunnel <laughs> is really, if you haven't, if you... <laughs> yeah. You really need probably need to watch Cody and Roadrunner to, yeah, to, to appreciate the, the tunnel down there. It's it's amazing. It's a corrugated tunnel basically, yeah. and you drive through it. And, and uh, I've got a photo of of my car in there, and I will tell you what, it's it's um I'm a li- not claustrophobic, but I get a little bit nervous in those situations. Oh, yeah, and um, I tell you what, yeah, it's it's a bit of fun going through that one. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, the guys have put a, a fair bit of infrastructure in here, and we're just speculating here on why they've made the decision. Their decision is their decision at the end of the day, and yeah. ultimately, um, Gary and Debbie Myers need to, unfortunately, find another location at this stage if they wish to continue doing the event as they as they yeah, as they're doing right. the event. But it, it, it is very sad that that won't be going ahead. Another thing that might not be going ahead is, well, it'll be going ahead, but there's a bit of a storm brewing over at um, the World Endurance Championship and Formula E. They're vying next year for three dates that cross over. <laughs> wow. Now, we're, we're talking now, let, let's be honest here, we're talking two of, I won't say the biggest sporting motorsport bodies but these guys are up there you know yeah. uh, formula e is really gaining some momentum now yeah, he is. and world endurance championship well we don't need to spruik their their claims i mean they they speak for themselves you know they're, they're a big organization so we'll just go through it here they, there's three dates that clash next year will be um december 14 uh the 21st of march and geez i can't i haven't got written the other day that's a bit no. Anyway, there's a third date as well. Sorry, yeah, it's the Spa's, um, the in Spa for the World Endurance Championship, and it'll also be the inaugural Seoul E Grand Prix. So there's there's three dates that that coincide there. Now it's interestingly enough, um, Alberto Longo, the CEO, or he's a deputy CEO of Formula E. He was pretty. Um, straightforward um, and he's basically come out and said he's not going to move his dates uh, he's also gone on to say uh, we're not going to move it that's for sure if we are to do a race it'll be on those weekends Seoul is confirmed the calendar is already announced that's it we don't need to speak about it it's just what it is we are very tight on choosing our calendars and hopefully they can move if they cannot move we will clash it's not the end of the world at all. So that was that was Alberto Longo's deputy CEO of Formula E. So they're digging their heels in. And at, yeah. the, at the moment, John Tott, um, the FIA president, is kind of the mediator here because both of these are sanctioned by the FIA. Yeah. And it, it's going to be tough to see how they work this out. It really is. Yeah, well, especially John Todd being involved. Mm. He's, yeah. uh, well, he had to get involved because, yeah. yeah. So it... it we just talked about him before, but uh, Sebastian Buemi, he suggested uh, there could be some flexibility due to the fact that it's possible for Toyota to field a two-car crew. But um, his priority is going to be uh, WEC. If push yeah. comes to shove, he he will be. But there's another two drivers, uh, Jose Maria Lopez. Um, he said that Formula E will take priority for him. So it's really interesting to see how this unfolds. And probably, 
Here's the challenge for any motorsport, but in particular Formula E. Formula E is, I guess, the new newcomer, but they're dealing with new events, new... They're not even racing at tracks. Most of these Formula E events are at cities. Yeah, that's right. They're racing street circuits. So their flexibility in the calendar is probably not as easy. You know, you're fitting in with a with a city and an event that's been held at that city. That might not be convenient for them to shift. They might be having a festival or something else on another date. So you know, mates, all the sun shining, you're seeing charge of batteries in the cars, you know. <laughs> Sorry, Nick, we're in the mood there, but... <laughs> I was getting all serious, Todd. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, look, I mean, I don't, I don't know how it's going to uh, pan out, but it is it is a bit of an issue, uh, for especially for Formula E, and I guess they're trying to stake their claim, aren't they? And the World Endurance Championship, they, their calendar is also set, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I think some drivers are going to have to obviously uh, make a decision unfortunately yeah, that's right yep yep and as as uh, longo said it's it's not the end of the world it's certainly not the end of the world but it's just interesting that we have two of the biggest sporting bodies in the one i won't say the two biggest but they're up there and uh, they've got a clash of dates never ring 24 hour that was running one as well yeah that's right so I saw a bit of it, to be honest with you. They had a live feed running off that, which I thought yeah. was pretty good. That was um, that came through on my mobile device. I wasn't able to stream it through my TV, unfortunately. I don't know if they had Chromecast turned off or what, what the situation yeah, may see, have been. Yeah, see, it's funny. Um, Nürburgring 24-hour, I had multiple um, feeds. Oh, look at like, you. Yeah, I know. And was actually Thanks thought, for sharing it. Oh, one of them was YouTube. I don't know if it was supposed to be on YouTube, but no, it was that sounds... Well, but, it was, thing, yeah. but it was a legitimate channel, and I actually found that a lot of the car companies do their own feed. Mm. You can watch the Audi feed, you can watch the Porsche feed, yep. and you watch the one guy for the day, mm. but they've got results, they've got the whole lot, and uh, compared to Le Mans, which we'll get to a bit later, mm. I found the Nürburgring coverage a bit better, yeah, to okay. the truth. Yep. So... Yeah, and um, they probably had better weather as well. Yeah, it's, it's a good time of year to be over there. I've, oh, it's magic! I've been over over there this time of year. And it was twenty-one. Correct me if I'm wrong. Let's say twenty-one degrees overnight. In, yeah, in, 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 that's incredible. What's their summer? Yeah, but, I know it's I know it's their yeah. summer, but twenty-one overnight. Sometimes in our middle of our summer, we drop lower than twenty-one overnight. Yeah, mind you, they are having an early summer this year or something apparently yeah and no, that's the other point yeah. it's only june this summer really doesn't kick into august yeah so, so I, I was amazed it was 21 it was 26 or 27 even at the french grand prix we saw we saw some temperatures the track temperature was well sorry not track temperature but the ambient air temperature was well over 26 you know it was getting up to 30 degrees so it was, yeah. it's incredible that they were, it had some lovely weather and i think that probably uh, lent itself to some pretty clean racing, with the exception of <laughs> Josh Burden, who crashed the Aussie, who crashed quite heavily. Um, he was 18th at the time. Um, crashed his Nissan GDR in GT3. I think it was in around about the seventh hour of the race. Yeah, yeah. Matt Campbell as well. He's really making a name for himself, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's. So, yeah, it's good to say. A couple of New Zealanders as well going quite well. El Bamba was going quite well. Yeah. Um, we've seen him here at Bathurst 12-hour. We've seen him here at Bathurst 1000. He's, yeah. he's starting to be, 
build a name for himself as well. Uh, Matt Campbell, he was also in a wild moment. He hit the wall, I think, or just grazed the wall. It was it was quite it was quite close to say the least. But um, I think he was able to continue on uh, unimpeded. Yeah, that's right. So. Yeah, no, it's amazing that these two events are they're not they're not in the same championship. But we should point out, yeah, no, the Nubo Ring is not a WEC round. No, it's not. Yeah, so, and I don't think we get much crossover in cars. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, they're more an LMS type product. Well, GT car slash production. They, they car. are. They're more of a GT as opposed Which to is I think a bit more in line um, with the Bathurst 12 hour whiskey over here. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So. I mean, you're a big fan of... of you, you, you said it just before, you prefer the Newbury Ring race as opposed to the... Yeah, Mars. that's right. Yeah. So, no, it was... I said, from what I saw of it, um, it was quite good. I mean, I had uh, friends that went last year and actually mm. went for the 24-hour. Yep. And um, they said it was amazing. So, it's on my to-do list one year. Mm. They said, go to the 24-hour of Nürburgring. Mm. So, yeah. But, Maybe we can have a car there one year, Todd. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Maybe in the car part, but <laughs> you know, not in say on the track. Maybe no. we can have a car there, yeah. hire a car. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, we go. Well, we could go hire a Porsche or something. You know, a couple hundred thousand an hour probably or something. Toyota Echo. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this is a talking power budget we're talking about here. We think we think Porsche nine eleven, but we're on a we're yeah. on an i thirty budget, Todd. Yeah. Remember Renault Clio Sport? They're not badly priced over in Germany, so okay. Yeah, there you go. Hire car, Todd. Yeah, that's yeah, hire car. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. I know a guy. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, on that note, we'll take a break, and we'll be back right after this. Okay, episode sixty-three of the Talking Power podcast on eighty-eight point five FM where the valley comes alive and podcasting through iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and go to our www.talkandpower.com.au website. You can get all of our episodes there. All right, NHRA, we've had a couple of meets since the last um, podcast. NHRA Pro Mod Norwalk Nationals were run and done. Erica Enders had a very, I mean, moments after she sets the mile an hour record, which was 261 mile an hour to be exact, in her uh, turbo Camaro, um, she's had a massive fire and managed to keep the car under control uh, and got out without any injury. But the fire was quite significant, to say the least. And the car filled up with smoke pretty quickly. Now, that's an important message to all drag racers out there. And someone actually, a friend of the podcast that listens quite regularly, also mentioned, very important, make sure you keep up to date with your blindfold tests. And I think Erica Enders would, yeah. um, you know, obviously highly recommend that as well. Um, yeah, it was a terrible incident. Luckily, she was okay. But yeah, that, that fire was not getting put out quickly. And... Sadly, the car was still at speed. She managed to pull it up without hitting the wall, um, but by the time the car stopped, it was well lit. So, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, the safety crew did get out there and got the got the fire out, and she did get out under her own power. Um, Mike Castellano actually top qualified for this event. Uh, sadly, he wouldn't go on to win. Um, Khalid Al Balushi went on to take his first win for the season. 
So here's a twin turbo setup, um, very similar car to Stevie Jackson's car, but uh, he's the twin turbo brother yeah. of, um, of the Bahrain racing team. Um, he would come up against Jose Gonzalez, who won last week in Bristol. Um, Stevie Fast went out in the semi-finals against uh, Jose Gonzalez, funnily enough. So that was that. Now, interestingly enough, speaking of the event before Bristol, um, Stevie Fast Jackson had a bit to say about an incident that occurred. Now, I'm not sure if you saw the what actually happened. He was left out. This was in qualifying. Um, he was racing against um, Turbo Car. Now, Stevie Fast doesn't yep. like turbos, as we already know. No, yep. He was racing against Alex Laughlin. Uh, now, Alex took a fair bit of time to get that car into stage. And as we know, these turbo cars take a fair bit of time to spool up and they're flickering the beams and carrying on with their bump box. Yeah. Uh, he was pretty pretty annoyed at the end of the race because he was held out to, to, to try there. Yeah. Uh, he, off, he did reference that he needed... Um, I think he needed a trans cooler. He wanted to connect a trans cooler while he was in staging. <laughs> yeah. Um, he actually came out and said this later in the week. So I'll just play this here on this clip. Stevie Fast Jackson here with a trackside update. Many of you drag racing fans across the country have noticed the extreme weather patterns that we have this time of year having an effect on many of the electrical systems at your local drag strips. Symptoms ranging from flickering lights flickering Christmas tree bulbs, bulbs that never latch, and Christmas trees that never come down, timing systems that never get started. Uh, these symptoms are normally accompanied by a sound that sounds something similar to a steel backpack leaf blower has mated with a wild hummingbird, and it sounds kind of like... Now, I've engineered a plan and a fix for all these electrical problems. I've had the electrical engineering team at Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School working on a program specifically designed to target these symptoms. They have come up with a 12-step process to tackle this phenomenon. You can call Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School or visit frankhawley.com. Look, I mean, there's a fair bit of, of pun intended there. And for those of you that don't understand, so what he's basically saying is that um, a, lot of the, a lot of the commentary has been that there's electrical issues that are causing the, the, the trees to flicker and carry on. It's, it's got nothing to do with that. It's the, the cars, the turbo cars, don't go into stage cleanly. It's as simple as that. Um, and, you know, it, it, there's no electrical issues. And what... What Stevie Fast is trying to say is that we're on an even playing field here. If you can't... Now, Alex was given extra time to get the car in. That's that's where the sticking point here is. And that that shouldn't be allowed. Just because his car's a turbo car, I don't see why he gets extra additional time to get the car into stage. Yeah. Um, it's just not on. And, and I do... I'm all for turbos. I don't share... Simon's view in Pro Mod and, and Slammer that turbo cars shouldn't be allowed. Yep. I don't share that view at all. Um, however, I can understand the frustration that these guys have when a turbo car's popping and carrying on and, and not getting into stage and bouncing off the bump box. And, you know, it is frustrating. It is frustrating. I'll just go on to say that, that in that video there, he's actually written where he's talking about going to the Frank Hawley 
um, school, drag racing school, he says there's there's four, there's three points on the screen. He's actually blanked out number three, so I don't know if that was not appropriate or what it is, but it's number one, how to stage. <laughs> number two, how to stage correctly. Number four, use a real power adder to stage. Mm-hmm. Number five, seriously, get rid of the leaf blower and more. So, yeah, he's really taken... He's, he, he was really wound up about that. And, I mean, yeah. this video has been done in jest. There's no doubt about it. And he's, it's all in good fun, and, and uh, we've all had a laugh about it. But, um, yeah, the frustration has certainly boiled over for Stevie Fast. You can see the season kind of getting away from him now. Yeah. He's, had a, he's had a couple of wins, but um, he has... I mean, he made it to the semis here at, at Norwalk, but um, I, can, I think the season's kind of starting to slip, maybe. Yeah, no, I'm, I agree with you. I mean, I've started following some of this closely, more, more closely this year, and I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, yeah. I, especially with the point end of the field, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, that happened. All right. Mm. No, next round. Yeah. Oh, okay, that happened again. I mean, I'm not running a well, multi-million dollar drag team like himself, and mm. I don't think I could do a better job, but still it's like, come on. Yeah, yeah, no, it's certainly getting, getting under his skin a bit. All right, Todd. Look, coming events. We've got um, Tiger West coming up. Uh, we'll be down there on the. Well, I know I'll be there. It looks like I'm yeah. going to be there by myself, by the, <laughs> by the sounds of things. But I'm going to need someone to help set up. But anyway, I will be down there at the Celebration of Motorsport. So make sure you come and say hello. That is on the 11th of August. Yep, that's right. Um, is that right? Yeah, the 11th. It is. Yeah. It is correct. That's the correct date. We've also got a show and shine event happening at the Gwellup Shopping Centre. That's racing for NMDI. That will be on the 18th of August. Um, the other thing I should probably disclose, we've got a new website coming. So I've been working, doing that as well in my spare time, working on the website, new website. I haven't been... I liked the website when we first did it. It was great. I don't like I've fallen out of love with it, Todd. Yeah. So this new website will have it'll be more of a it's going to have a bit of a more of a news feel to it. So it's going to be there's going to be we're going to be refreshing with news stories as well. So like when you go do your Targa Bunbury, you can write up a little spill and put a photo in there, and you'll have access oh, to that. There you, you go. Can put that in, and it'll look like we'll look like Speed Cafe. And so we'll be Speed Cafe. Are we allowed to use it under copyright or, you know, are we allowed to use that name under copyright or what? No, no, um, probably, no, I said we're going to look like them. Oh, okay, that's right then. Better, better, better version. Well, okay, yeah, no, you're right. (laughs) Yeah, we will. Yeah, yeah. Trust me. Can you give us a quick update? We've got got a few minutes here. Give us a quick update. Um, Before Targa Targa West is, of course, the the Targa Sprint Mm -hmm. down at Quinana on July 5th. I've got written down here. I'm hoping to debut my car down there, but to be confirmed, we've had a bit of delay in delivery of the vehicle, so the setup and building of the car has been delayed, but we're getting there. Yep. Um, Mitch Lana is heading off to Darwin for Mm -hmm. the Darwin... I don't know what's called. The, just the Darwin Drift event, I'm going to call it. It's probably not the right term. Sorry, Mitch. And I think that's actually on July 5th. So there you go. Bit a, of a bit of a crossover there. Yeah, I think that's the reason I couldn't go. Actually, no, and I'm sorry, and I'm mucked up. July 15th is Targa Sprint. July 15th? There is no, So there's no crossover? No, there's not. But the reason I can't go to Darwin is because I'll be busy putting a car together. 
Okay. Yeah, would be the, the thing. Um, there's actually a round of, well, Formula V held at Wanneroo over the weekend just gone. Mm-hmm. They had a very wet, wet ride up there. Yep. Um, I think uh, one of the jokes from one of the drivers was they doubled as canoes, not quite race cars. But um, a, lot of, a, a good friend of mine in France, he, um, and he didn't say that, by the way, he probably kicked my ass for me saying that, but he, he did rather well. I don't have the results right in front of me. Sorry, friends. I didn't do my homework like I normally do. Yep. But he did pack his car up into a trailer with some other WA boys, and they're heading off to South Australia. Oh, right. And we'll be racing uh, this weekend, I believe. So they racing at Taylor's uh, yeah, Bend? That's or? correct. Yeah, okay. So um, all the best to those guys over yep. there. Um, I will endeavour to be in contact with those guys while they're over there and get some feedback and wanted to try and make the event, but unfortunately time doesn't permit that at the moment. Mm. But it's good to see the WA boys going over and yeah. competing around Australia. Mm-hmm. And um, can't, can't wait to hear some feedback about how the track is because I've heard good things about it. So Yeah, yeah okay. Oh, excellent. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. All right. Anything else from you, Todd? That's it. That's it for now, Nick. All so. right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll wrap this one right up here. Uh, thanks for coming in, Todd, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks' time, uh, and we'll do it all again. That's right, Nick. So, All right. Take care, Todd. All right. Thanks, Nick. Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com. Got a